Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. Today we're talking about Pastor Nate's article called The Better Life of Little. And this is an article all about just the important things. Two being um, the fear of God, love for God, and a love for people. And so we're going to be talking about how to prioritize these two loves in our lives and how we can rid our lives of the pursuit of just like money and fame and extra in the pursuit of living a life that's a little bit more simple, but focused and God honoring. So let's get right into this conversation. Well, welcome to the Minimalist Podcast. This is a... I'm just playing. You I would. I know. You I would. I can't keep going on with that. That's the wrong channel, wrong podcast. Today, this is the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Let me explain. Riley's making that joke because <laughs> the verse that we're discussing today and the article we're discussing today is a very minimalist-ish kind of verse. In nature, article. it yeah. is. This is like godly stuff we're talking about right now. Amen. <laughs> uh, sorry, if you, minimalist, if you're actually listening to this. No beef on that at all. I know that would be awesome, actually. I would love to have them on this podcast. But anyways, we're talking today about The Better Life of Little. And uh, what a cool title for an article, Nate, talking about the life that isn't extravagant, isn't booming with money or reputation or anything like that, but that is really focused in on having... uh, love and relationship with God and with others. It's such a great reminder of what is really truly important in our lives. And like you said, there's a verse that this whole article springboarded off of from Proverbs. Um, And in that verse, or those two verses, there's two key phrases or words that I thought would be kind of cool to unpack as we're starting this conversation. And one of the verses, it talks about the fear of the Lord and in the other verse, it talks about love. Mm-hmm. And Nate, it'd be kind of cool to hear you kind of unpack both of those words and phrases for us and kind of help us get like a Christian perspective of what that means and help us understand that. Because I think that will help us as we're having the rest of this conversation about yeah. those two. Yeah. Well, really, I mean, it's so fascinating how the Bible just kind of ties together. And yeah. it's just, even though it's very detailed and intricate and sometimes it feels like it's all over the place Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how these constant themes just keep emerging over and over again and for many of us who are christians on this side of the cross we think about how jesus told us that we're to love god with all our heart mind Mm -hmm. soul and strength and then to love others as ourselves And so for us, we might even say something like, you know, really what I want my life to be all about is Mm -hmm. God and people. Or, you know, we might say something along the lines of, you know, the truth is I know I don't need all of these, you know, possessions and items. Those aren't the things that define my life. I just would love to have God and, you know, a strong relationship with him and then to have healthy, beautiful, loving mm-hmm. relationships with other people. Right. And that's a biblical kind of concept. And not only in the New Testament, but as we're looking at right here in the Old Testament. Yeah, totally. 
totally. You know, Solomon is saying there is a better kind of life, and I, and I just mm, I just I like love that. that. You know, yeah. I just love the straightforwardness of the Bible. There is a life that is a better life, mm-hmm. and the way that he describes it is it's better to have the fear of the Lord, and it's better to have loving relationships than it is to have great treasure and trouble uh, or a fattened ox and <laughs> hatred. Yeah. You know, it, you, you, it's like those things can be nice, you know, big meals, big houses, you know, stuff like that. But if you don't have the fear of the Lord and you don't have love right. intermixed with it, then really what's it all about, you know, and what's it for? So you're asking, what are those Let's two things? You know, yeah. what what is, you know, the fear of the Lord and, and what is love? Well, I'll just try to say it really simply and straightforwardly. So the fear of the Lord is not being scared of God, but Mm -hmm. it's being in reverence of God. It's being in an awestruck relationship with God. And that awe then propels you into obedience Mm -hmm. and wanting to really surrender your life to him because you're just in such awe of who he is. Yeah. So because you're in awe, you give your life over to him. That's the fear of the mm. Lord. And then love cool. is the giving of yourself for someone else or for, you know, for God, for a cause, for a person. Right. So the giving of the self would be a way, you know, mm. to think about what love is. That's good. Giving of yourself, is that what you just said? Mm-hmm. Giving That's cool. I mean, I was actually just going to ask you a question about one of the lines that you said in the article, which was basically God and love are what we are made for. And so that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Is that we're actually made to be people who are in awe of God, who give our lives to God and give our lives for others. Would you kind of say it like that? Yeah, absolutely. I was just reading something today where the author wrote and said, you know, creation was not complete until God created a community. Creation Mm. was not complete until God created a community. Yeah. In other words, you know, man was made, Adam was made, and God saw that, you know, he was good, but he saw that it was not good that he was alone. And so mm-hmm. he created the woman out of man in order to create that first community. So now yeah. man and woman had relationship you know, vertically with God, but then also horizontally mm. with each other. So from the very beginning, you know, in creation, when everything was perfect, we can see the what we've been designed for, that vertical, you know, relationship with God and then the people next to us being in relationship with them. Mm. That's really helpful to think about because it can be so easy to think about our lives and think that we were made to be an architect or I was made to be a dentist or... I was made to go to school or to be a pastor or something like that. But to be able to get to like the real heart of it and to say, no, I'm, I'm made for God. I'm made to like love people. I'm made to like give myself um, to God and to others. That's like a real, I don't know, like everybody can relate to that. Absolutely. And, and in a sense, what you're talking about, it's all about proper slotting. Hmm. In other words, if I see myself as being made firstly and primarily to be a pastor mm-hmm. and I slot that above being made for God yeah. and being made for mm-hmm. people, then I'm going to totally misuse and abuse the purpose of me being a pastor. Right. So I am made to be a pastor, but it needs to be slotted mm-hmm. in the right spot. 
So I'm made to be a pastor for God and then yeah. for others. Uh, I, if I'm made, you know, to be a dentist or you know any other profession, you know, these are things that God has asked us to do. Work was mm. part of yeah. His original creation. Adam, in a sense, was made to be a gardener. God right. made him in that way. That wasn't mm-hmm. His primary slot or function, though. It was secondary. It was a way that He could experience God mm. and a way that he could love his family and love the people around him and yeah. appreciate what God had given to him. So it's, in a sense, just about slotting things properly. Yeah. And even in this little proverb, I think we see that, you know, there, obviously, you know, reading the the proverb, you go, well, you know, little, having a little, just some possessions versus great treasure you know, you look at that and you go, well, I know which one I would pick, you know, the (laughs) great treasure. Right. Uh, And when it comes to a dinner of herbs versus a fattened ox Mm -hmm. for dinner, Mm -hmm. I, you know, for me at least, I'm not, I'm no vegetarian. I would say, (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure I know which one I'd rather eat. But it's all about slotting. Mm. If for me to get the dinner of oxen, Right, or, yeah. you know the 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 nice steak. I would you say, know? yeah, the steak, man. Or if for me to get wealth, or or uh, you know, a lot of square footage, you know, right. or a great zip yeah. code. If in order to get that, I am putting the slot above God and others, the fear yeah. of the Lord and a love for others. I'm putting that in a slot above my relationship with him and my relationship with others, if I'm sacrificing in those relationships and I'm cutting corners in those relationships and I'm neglecting those relationships in order to get that stuff, it's folly. It's better to not have those things, to have a robust, healthy, strong relationship both with God and with the key people that are in my life. Yeah, that is super good. And this next question I had kind of ties into what you were just alluding to with relationships and like attaining for like a different slot priority. But in your article, you wrote, being right with God and in a loving relationship with others is so beautiful, so valuable, that if a meager life has to be chosen to get it, it is worth it. So kind of with that in mind, how does a meager life help us attain healthier relationships with God and others. You said that 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 is the case, but how does that really play out? Yeah, so we are a people who are born with limits, right? Yeah, we true. we are limited. That's part of what it means to be human. To be divine is to be unlimited, mm-hmm. to be infinite, but we're finite. So we have a fixed measure of time. Mm-hmm. We have a fixed measure of energy, you know, that we can cultivate and, yeah. you know, hone in to be at a maximum level but mm-hmm. you know there's only so much we can do only so much time that we have yeah. so a lot of times it's it can be these elements the the fattened ox mm-hmm. the you know uh, what was the first thing the <laughs> uh, great treasures yeah it can be those things that take so much time and energy to cultivate to develop and to possess that then we're not left with either the uh, the emotional bandwidth or the calendar bandwidth, the time bandwidth to be able to actually enjoy the God 
that we love and the people mm-hmm. that he's put in our lives. You know, it's the age old thing of just, you can't take it with you and no one right. on their deathbed mm-hmm. is going to be saying, you know, I wished I'd have just worked a few more hours. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what we're going to be thinking about at that time of our lives, looking backwards are the, the things that we experienced with God and the re- relationships that we had with other people. And those yeah. will more than likely be the things that we regret, you know, at that stage. So, you know, it's like they say about people that we admire, you know, out there in culture and society who are experts in a given field. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is to be an expert musician, you know, or to be an expert in some kind of, you know, field of intelligentsia, you know, Mm -hmm. to be an expert in a lot of these things means that you're probably going to be deficient in some other area of your life. To, to be an expert means that you're going to have to pour so much of your life into that one mm-hmm. thing that there's a good chance that you're going to neglect some other areas you know, of your life. But we don't live in a culture that celebrates just being like average <laughs> right, so true. that you can yeah. be balanced and healthy yeah. and have positive, strong relationships with God and the key people in your life. Yeah. That reminds me, I was watching with my wife, Chesley, that show on Netflix called Chef's Table. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. No, it's. I love food shows though. My family, <laughs> that's like a thing that we do. Just eat them up. To check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but this this show it kind of like highlights uh, different chefs and mm-hmm. who are like, experts, like you're talking about. And Chess and I love watching this show because we like the food and everything. But there's always a moment, almost in every single episode, where we become kind of like depressed because we see these top chefs. They're doing their like the best job and they're just like making everything so perfect but then you see some clips of them at home and it's just like the relationships aren't really there or they're just not home at all like their their kids and their wives are in a different state or something like that and you kind of have this like i don't know it's a very sobering reality to see like man this like prestige this excellence it really is it's 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 attained at a cost and oftentimes the cost is relationships it's like love yep. real love and so yeah i think just to kind of yeah you're hoping you're not viewing reality you know yeah. when you watch that but yeah that's the truth it, I, a lot of times to be at the top of your field or to be mm-hmm. a top earner or to be hyper successful in one area of life it's going to force you to yeah. cut corners in probably the most important areas of life, God and relationships. Yeah, which kind of makes me think about a question I've heard people ask before, and I've asked myself is, can you have like a lot and still have good relationships with people and with God? Or is it kind of like one or the other? You got to live more of like a humble lifestyle to then have good relationships with God. Right, that's people. a great question and that's where this is where this podcast would diverge <laughs> from the minimalist yeah. podcast. Yeah. You know, in the sense that if somebody wants to just choose that life, great. Yeah. You know, that's fine. But this proverb actually isn't positing that that's the life that should mm. be chosen at all times. Right. What Solomon is saying, who happened to be a very wealthy mm-hmm. individual, but also, at least in the first season of his life, very God-fearing and with healthy relationships. He's not saying you have to make a choice to choose little. He's Mm -hmm. saying if it comes 
down to a decision mm. where it's either going to be God and relationships that are healthy and strong and, you know, on just pumping on all cylinders doing yeah. well or having the stuff, the choice he's trying to say to his congregation is a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. Choose yeah. God and choose man. Mm. And if you have to choose a life of little, if you must pursue that mm. life, then you know, choose it. Yeah. That's why I kind of struggled the most with the title that I gave to the podcast because I knew, I know that he's not saying it's always the better life of little. Yeah. It's just that yeah. sometimes having little is the better life <laughs> yeah. because in order to have more, you'd have to sacrifice in those other areas. Mm. But a word of caution. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important because I think a lot of people can easily dismiss and say, well, you know, I, I'm a, I've assessed my life, yeah, and I'm not cutting corners when it comes to God and key relationships, and so I can have both. Mm -hmm. You know, mission accomplished, sweet, yeah. you know, kind of thing, and that can be true. Like I'm saying, you know, Solomon had that. There's plenty of people throughout the Old and New Testament, and there's plenty of people in right. the modern church today who have great means, and God has mm -hmm. made a decision to bless them in that way. Right. You know, we shouldn't right. always say God has decided to bless them, because what does that mean for everybody else yeah. who doesn't have those same means? Exactly. It's just that in that way, God decided to bless their lives. But I do think that it's good for a person that's asking that question, you really need to pause and allow for some mm. real Holy Spirit serious honesty to get in there. Because if we're being honest, we would understand that we do have a little bit of, uh, we potentially have mixed motivations mm. in assessing that, no, we're good. We're not yeah. making, we're not cutting any corners with God and with key relationships. Those are healthy. Those are fine. So I'm going to keep going out and getting it. Right. You really have to give the key people in your life an opportunity to speak. You have a you have to give God an opportunity to speak and sometimes he'll speak through, you know, his word, sometimes he'll speak through key leaders, Christian mm -hmm. leaders in your life, sometimes he'll speak through, you know, other believers that are in your life. And by the way, if you don't know how to and you say I don't know any other believers, I don't really mm -hmm. have a relationship with anybody yeah. in any kind of spiritual leadership and I don't know how to look into the Bible to hear anything, then that's a clue. Yeah, You probably have cut some kind of corner in order to make a, a, another aspect of life more predominant. Wow, yeah, that's so true. It reminds me of that story in the, in the New Testament with, um, with Jesus and the young rich ruler. You know, he came down to that moment where he had to decide, am I gonna follow Jesus and give all my possessions to the poor, these people that I can't relate to for whatever reason? Or am I going to just keep it all and try to become this like good person yeah. in the world's eyes? Yeah. And uh, I think we all have to kind of come to that decision, no matter what we have in life, to be yeah. like, I'm going to follow Jesus and give myself for people and to the Lord for His honor, or am I going to pursue this stuff that I, that yeah. I just want? You know. Yeah. So. And in that you know passage that you're alluding to, the rich young ruler, that was his 
issue. Yeah. You know, that wasn't everyone's issue, but Christ talked to him and asked him different questions, trying to draw out, you know, hey, where's the error? Where's the sin in your life? And he just presented himself like, I have no sin. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said, okay, well, I'm going to show you that you do have some (laughs) sin. It's a sin of covetousness. So why don't you sell everything you have and give it away to the poor? I think I've actually heard minimalists, maybe even the minimalists, Mm. talk about the that passage interesting as a like a proof text for minimalism but it's not that it's a proof text for we all have sin yes and christ is willing to Mm -hmm. take us through the process of pointing out what our special idols are that he's trying to touch and deal with and get rid of that's good that's super good towards the end of your article nate you talked um about this little portion i'm just going to read it from your article you say we often talk about what's important in life Yet often we live contrary to the values we state. And we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier in our conversation. But, like, why Why is that? You know? Like, why does that happen in our lives? Totally, man. It's <laughs> like that It's like that thing. I, I think we, you and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago in, in a previous podcast, but that every man is a civil war. You know? It's yeah, just, it's just yeah. there. There's just this thing where it's almost like we delude ourselves at times into thinking, if I can make... A priority list <laughs> yeah. that is, you know, accurate and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I must be living that priority list. Yeah, but it's just not, it's true. not true. You yeah. know, it's just not true. We 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 so yeah. often, you know, will say like the most important things in my life are you know God mm-hmm. and others. But then if we look at our calendar, yeah, and we see what we're doing with our lives, you know, so often we're just not really giving space. Yeah to any of those things. This is part of the reason I think why a lot of times even inside the church people will begin to worship their own family. Yeah. Because you know to say like the most important thing in my life are my children. You know, that's kind of one of those statements that people just don't really readily object to, but I yeah. do. You know, that's not that's not the point of life are yeah. your children and I you know I try to be a great dad. I love my kids, you right. know, but to me, it's about God's kingdom mm. first, and that includes the way that I'm parenting my children. Mm. I'm trying to help raise them for you know the Lord. But I think a lot of times we like to just kind of simplify and like turn inward and think like, well, that's yeah. what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. that's my ministry. That's my whole you know focus. Now, that's not to say that work isn't just a total bear. I mean, yeah. the reality is we right. are living under the curse, man. And, you know, here we are living on the Monterey Peninsula. It's tough to get by. It's tough to find a place to live. Mm -hmm. It's tough to scratch out, you know, uh, an income that enables you to just kind of not live like everybody else around Mm -hmm. here, but just live around here. You know, it can be tough. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to be sitting there having deep talks with all three of my children or with other people that I know and love or with my Mm -hmm. wife you know, for 50 hours a week. Uh, but our work is going to probably take at least that much, yeah, you know, to produce right. each week. So the reality yeah. is we're going to have to work. We're going to have right. to, you know, have some sweat. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. <laughs> that darn curse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's the reality of life. But we have to watch out for that fine line of when we cross into making it more than it needs to be Mm. and making it into something where it is about success or status or having luxury or 
ease, which yeah. seems to be if there was one thing that Job yeah. struggled with, it was mm-hmm. that, you know, that wanting that life of ease. That, that can be a thing that really holds mm-hmm. us back, not only in our own lives personally, but in the in the, the corporate like work of God. I mean, you think about God's mission for the world. It yeah. does take some energy. It does take yeah. some work. It does take some sacrifice. It takes more than just saying God is number one in it my does. life. Yeah. It takes showing it and living it out. You know, more and more, and then that can be a huge challenge. But that's why we need to go back to the Word and say. That's a better life. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. believe that that is a better life. That's super good. That, yeah, I think it drives it home a bit. Nate, to kind of close out this conversation, could you just give a word to somebody who is, maybe they've been living the life of like extravagance. They'd say the better life is of a lie, you know? And they're trying to just have their priorities right. They're trying to get their schedule right. They're trying to get you know, like their finances to reflect that. Do you have... I mean, it's like a word for that person who's just trying to make that change, make like that, yeah. that heart shift yeah. in their life. I have a word, but it's not super easy. Yeah. You know, the first thing I'd say is just that the Lord has so much grace mm. for us. Because there is this world system that we are swimming in, yeah. that we are inundated with, that we just drown in it all the time. And it's really easy to get swept up and caught up in it. You know, this is why we're just so urged to make sure that we are not conformed to the world or the age. You know, there's just this thing out there that's going to tell us, this is what you need. This is what you should have. This is what a successful life looks like. And it's, you know, God has grace for us as we wander into that and we allow the world to define what is meaningful and good and our own hearts even to define what a good life would look like. But if you start coming to the realization in your own heart that, you know, I've believed I've believed a lie. I've believed that there's certain things that would bring me happiness that just can't bring me happiness. And as a result, I've had to neglect God and key people that God has placed in my life. I've had to neglect those relationships for a long time. And I'm starting to see that. What I, what I want to say to you is, is that it's going to be a hard, mm. hard process to unwind yourself and untangle yourself from that life. It's going to be very hard. And the reason why I want to say that is because I think too often someone will read a verse, hear a teaching, and just kind of say to themselves, like, man, that is so true. I got to, I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to make some changes. But when you're used to a certain standard of living or you are used to a certain level of indebtedness or you've gotten yourself into like a crazy level of indebtedness that now you need to financially get yourself out of when you have neglected key people and now those relationships are just burnt out and kind of yeah. frazzled when those things happen they don't ju- you don't just hit a switch and the better life is now lived in a sense, I just want to talk to anybody who's kind of mm. pushing out from the dock, embarking on right. the journey of life at the very beginning of life, starting to make some of these decisions to say, choose wisely. Mm. 
But if you realize, as you look back, you know, there have been not only just some areas I've chosen foolishly, but there's been a lot, and now I am just stuck in it. I want to tell you that it is going to be hard Mm -hmm. to get out, but you can. By the grace of Jesus Christ, you can, but it's going to be a little bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. He'll help you. He'll stand with you through it, but it's going to take massive decisions. I can see the struggle when somebody comes to the realization that, you know, I make, I am spending 105% of what I make. Mm -hmm. And through, you know, credit cards and all of that, I'm I'm doing that. And even just to get them to a point where they say, and so now I, what I want to do is live off, you know, 80% or 75% and give and save the rest just to make that 25% shift in life it is brutal for for people to go through yeah, because you get so accustomed your flesh is so used to a certain way that things are so you've got to get ready mm-hmm. for the difficulty of that process but hold passages like these close to your heart that a better life is out there if you continue to fight for it Thanks for joining us today in this conversation if you're looking for some more content from Pastor Nate please head over to nateholdridge.com. You can find a ton of podcasts there, articles that Nate is working on, and teachings that he gives at his home church, Calvary Monterey, and online. Also, while you're online, please consider going to the iTunes store or whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, and please leave a rating and review. That would help us out a ton. But until next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.